It is Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan along for the ride as well. Looks like you had so much fun at the game on Tuesday. I did. It was good to go see some of my former teammates, uh, some of the old coaches. I got to see Aaron Bates and uh, Figueroa twin there. Um, it was good times, man. Yes, and you got the picture up here, me and JT. And me and Trey, I told some stories to these guys, made them laugh a little bit. Trey Turner wanted my sweatshirt. I said, hey, bro, we'll send you one. We'll send mm. you one. No, it was yeah. good times, though. The Phillies uh, did not have a good time. They got their butts kicked by the really Dodgers. Uh, but it was it was fun. It was a beautiful day. You, you can't complain. And Bryce Harper was back. Uh, I was watching yep. on TV when he was announced for the first time. I thought it was very nice. I mean, it was it sounded mostly positive, And I think people were energized, even though they're Dodger fans. Mostly. There was a few boos, and I stood up and said, why are you booing this guy? There's right, no reason right. to boo him. No, no reason to boo him. It was nice. Uh, you know, it's going to take him a little while to get going. Dodgers and Julio Urias took it to the Phillies last night. Yeesh. So there you go. All right. Uh, AL East battle continues today at Fenway Park. Red Sox looking for their third straight win over the Toronto Blue Jays and their fifth straight overall. But... For me, I circled this one on my calendar over the last month because it means it's Alec Manoa against Alex Verdugo. Let's all remember what Doogie said on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast about the Blue Jays pitcher. If it's a genuine reaction and it's for the boys, not again, like not directed towards somebody, then yeah. Like I'll say it right now, I think Alec Manoa goes about it the wrong way. Uh, you know what I mean? hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. I think he does. You can find videos, footage of him in the AAA of AAA going like this to a hitters. Yeah. You know what I mean? He last year telling uh, Frenchie and Bobby like like uh, go sit and yeah. shit like that, and it's just like and looking right at him. Yeah. So it's like you know shit like that. Like that shit just pisses me off. And like I said, it's not it's not it's not the way it should be played. It should be played like. You're celebrating it with your team. You're not fucking, you're not disrespecting another player. So here we go. It is go time Wednesday between these two for the first time since those comments. And since uh, Manoa basically said, look at the source on this one. Do you expect anything? I don't. I really don't. I, I think that, um, well, first of all, Verdugo's already come out today and said, hey, man, I don't think I'm going to get hit. And I'd like to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the guy. That's what happens when you're a month out. You can say some things, but when you're about to step in the box, you're like, I really don't want to get hit. So maybe let's just hash this out before the game. Uh, but normally a pitcher doesn't want to hit a guy. He doesn't want to put a guy on base. Like he's trying to win games, especially Manoa's gotten up to, you know, kind of a rocky start. I don't think he just wants to mm -hmm. give free passes away. The only thing that could change that is if Verdugo hits a homer and does something, you know, and, and then Manoa's like, wait a minute. How's this playing out for us today? So I think there is like a small possibility that something happens, but I believe both these guys will be professional about it and just kind of move on, especially if they do have this one-on-one -on -one conversation that Verdugo wants, but I don't know if he's going to get it. Not on a start day. Manoa's probably locked in. So yeah, maybe he might have to that, wait that to the following today. day. Yeah, so I, I, to first, answer your question, I don't think anything's going to happen. I, I don't think anybody's going to get hit. I, I mean, and by the way, when I said I was energized to watch this, that's not what I'm looking forward to. I hate it when guys get hit. But these two guys are high energy. They are yeah. into the game. It's why I love watching both of them. 
you don't think that if Manoa punches his ticket tonight, that there's going to be a little something like this or I do. Down I or... do think that. Yeah. Okay, so, so to me, that's something. That's something. So I do think that something could happen. If Verdugo okay. hammers one off the monster, and he has been one of the best players in the American League all season long. And by the way, Manoa's got to worry about getting him out. Verdugo's seven for 16 against Manoa with, I think, three or four extra base hits, an OPS of 1,200. And he's been doing a ton of damage this year. So that's got to be the sole focus. It can't be this soundbite. But I want to see at least one extra base hit out of Verdugo. I want to see at least one punch out out of Manoa so that I can see if there's something done. If there is an instance where it's like open base, two outs, like does it really want to? I'm just saying like these are the, these are the situations that could come up that would, that would might, that might cause that to happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but just, you know, watch out for those situations because like you said, a big strikeout, a big hit, and there's some celebration going on that could spark these guys in a heartbeat. I think before the game, if you're asking me right now, I don't think anything's going to happen, but things can change quickly, especially at Fenway. If Verdugo's getting fired up and Manoa's like, wait a second, I thought I wasn't supposed to get fired up and neither were you. <laughs> Could happen. I'll be watching tonight. Can't wait. Seven o'clock Eastern, four o'clock Pacific. I'll be parked in front of my TV watching. I, this you know thing. what? Let me, let me go on a little bit. I love when there is tense, like rivalries like this between players. Yes. I think it's good for the sport. As long as they don't cross over into, you know, like, you know, disrespectful or or dangerous territories, like, man, it's good for ball. Like you and I are both saying, I want to see this matchup. And like typically yes. like a Manoa Verdugo matchup, whatever. It's a, it's a right. fine matchup for a baseball fan. But when you add on the, you know, the drama, like it's pretty good. I have no problem with what's gone on. I have no problem with what either guy has said. As long as there's no violence that ensues. I want to see actually the rivalry continue. I don't want to see them sit down and break bread yet. That's me. Meantime, what the hell is the matter with the St. Louis Cardinals? They fell to 10 and 20 last night after losing the start of a uh, homestand to the Angels. Here's Ali Marmal. No one's feeling sorry for us right now, okay? The, the league loves watching us fail because we're good every year. Um, so there's not a team out there that, that's sitting back and, and feeling sorry for us. Uh, no one's going to hand us anything, and we're just going to have to dig deep and prove everybody wrong, and uh, we're up for the task. Is this team still the favorite to win the NL Central? Oh, my gosh. Uh, as of right now, no, I, I don't think so. I think they need to make some adjustments. Uh, they need some pitching help. I know Wayno is coming back, uh, but I don't know if that's enough. I think he's going to help in the clubhouse when he's back. That's going to be a big help there. Uh, and they've been hitting the ball. All right. I think they're going to see some guys, you know, perform better, whether that's Arenado, whether they figure something out in the outfield to give these guys some consistency. Cause I think that also mm-hmm. plays into, this a little bit like if you you're shuffling these guys we know they have a lot of outfielders but if you're shuffling guys in and out of lineups you're not giving people a chance to to be in a rhythm and uh, so i think they need to figure that out like how how are you going to set your lineup day in and day out i think there needs to be some um what am i trying to say some consistency there um, i think like i said arenado will get it going no no doubt he's been struggling quite a bit as of recently uh, but the biggest thing for me is yeah they they need to figure out their starting pitching and whether that's going and dipping uh, into the farm system and, and pulling some guys out, 
I mean, I don't know if they have anybody really coming that can can change their fortune at the big league level. Uh, the the free agent, or excuse me, the trade market obviously isn't really developed yet. It won't be there for quite some time. So, I guess that's where they'll have to go. Uh, but if you're asking me right now, as constructed, I, I I don't know, man. I think they have to make moves if they want to catch the Brewers. So, I did a little digging into this one, and I talked sure. to some people close to the Cardinals organization. I said, "What is going on there?" Ooh, I can't wait to hear this. The number one thing out of their mouths was lack of leadership. And they did say that Wainwright's going to help that. Yeah. But they said that there's a real serious lack of direction right now. We have talked about this as well on top of it, and you just mentioned it. They have so many good players that they don't know their roles. And can you explain to people what it's like? Because we just figure, okay, well, if you play four out of seven days a week, then what's the big deal? You should be able to do your job, shouldn't you? It's it. Well, you need to have consistent consistent at bats to keep your timing. That's the biggest thing as a hitter. You know, when you're not playing every day, the timing can just be a little bit off, and it's really hard to, you know, to keep that. You know, through practice, like you just have to be in games, and that's just how it is. So, you know, if you're a guy that that's a big thing in your approach, and most guys it is. There are a few guys that you know their timing's always there, whether they kind of have a really small leg kick or they don't have a lot of pre-pitch movement. Those guys usually don't have to, you know, worry about their timing as much for, but for the majority of hitters, timing is everything. Uh, so if you're not playing consistently, it could be off just that much, but you know, as a hitter, that's, that's enough to set you back. And then there's the mental aspect. Hey man, I went over four tonight and now I'm probably not going to play tomorrow. So now that stews in my head the following day and you might over adjust or over correct instead of just being thrown back out there. So there's all these little things that uh, I think, you know, having a consistent lineup really helps out with. So why the hell don't they just make a trade? I, I know that people are, it's like blasphemy. If you mention let's make a decent sized trade at the beginning of May, but you know what it would do? It would unclog the outfield spots and probably bring back some pitching for you. Like you can help two areas of your team right now. Now, am I willing to say that the season is over for them as possible division champs here, even though they're 10 games out? No, I won't say it because it's the Pittsburgh Pirates that are 10 games up, and they still need to show me something for another four to six weeks before I'm willing to say, yeah, I'm full believer in the Pittsburgh Pirates. It might happen, but I still need another four to six weeks for me personally. Uh, the Cubs, they're okay. They're not great, but they're okay. The Reds, I'm not worried about. And then the Brewers, the Brewers have done it, you know, without Woodruff and without a great lineup. So I think they're probably the team to watch, but this isn't a great division. It wouldn't shock me if by the all-star break, the Cardinals are only five games back. And then who the hell knows what could happen in the second half? Yeah, I think I think Milwaukee is the best team in that division right now. I know the Pirates have been playing great. I don't want to disrespect them. Uh, A 20 and 10 is an incredible month to have, and that's going to keep them in the race for quite Mm -hmm. some time. I hope they continue on, you know, not this pace. They won't, but continue to, you know, contend. Uh, The Cardinals, on the other hand, 10 and 20. That's I'm not saying that's insurmountable. It's not at all, but that's a really tough month to have. I mean, that's you're they're in a hole right now. And like they need to climb and they don't really have the equipment to climb out of it just yet. They played a brutal schedule though, too. See Rosie in April. They that's that means something, dude. That. It does. They played some really I tough teams. And in a but in a time 
where they weren't gelling, where they had some clubhouse stuff, where their pitching hasn't been great. Like they played really good teams when they've just haven't looked good too. So those combined, that's how you get 10 and 20. They're not going to have another month like this. They won't. They're going to figure it out. I'm very surprised about the lack of leadership thing because there are guys there that should be leading that clubhouse. And maybe that starts from the top. And like the Marmal and O'Neill thing might have divided the clubhouse. It really might have, dude. Uh, It's their worst start in 50 years. I did ask this person I talked to, do you think Ollie's in trouble? And they said, no. They said he's got the backing of the veterans in that clubhouse. He goes, but boy, if it goes sideways for another couple of weeks, that's going to change in a hurry. But said, as of right now, they feel like Ali Marmol is okay. Uh, all right, we've told you about these uh, these guys. Bowman Baseball. Their history dates back to 1948, when the first Bowman Baseball card set was released following the end of World War II. And you know how big-time baseball card sets have become over the last five to ten years. It has become a favorite among contemporary collectors who focus on top prospects, offering the chance to have the first card of the next superstar. So Bowman Baseball, it's an inclusive product designed for every type of collector, from beginners to veterans, offering top-rated prospects, rookies, veterans. Bowman Baseball provides a fun and exciting product for everybody that's involved in the hobby, including my man Trevor Plouffe. Now, each year, there's a new and exciting class of potential future Hall of Fame players and top prospects with their first Bowman cards in the 2023 Bowman collection include Drew Jones, the number two overall pick last year, Andrew's kid for Arizona, Jacob Berry, kid that's coming up fast in the Miami Marlins organization, Justin Crawford, of course, Carl's kid, he's in the Phillies organization, and Spencer Jones, who apparently is the left-handed Aaron Judge in the Yankees organization. So you could have those and oh so much more. So find the game's future stars in 2023 Bowman Baseball available at your local hobby shops, retailers, and tops.com. Didn't you have a little fun with those packs recently? I did. They sent a, a box out. I got to open it with Teddy and Isla, and I got a Drew Jones first Bowman. And we had, there's an autograph in every box if you buy the hobby box. And we got, I forget who it was. It was a Mariners prospect. Um, Gosh, I'm blanking on the name right now, but it's so fun, dude. It's just fun to open uh, the cards with the kids. You get to explain like, who's this? What do they do? Uh, you know, not there's not only rookies in there. There's also some big name players. You're going you're to get your Shohei's, your Ronald Acuna Jr.'s in there as well. So it's just fun for everybody. What was it? Bryce Miller of the Mariners? Because if so, it wasn't. Hang on to that bad boy, because it was all about the Millers last night in Oakland. The aforementioned Bryce Miller, Seattle's uh, number two prospect, retired the first 16 batters of his major league career, didn't allow a hit until the sixth. He struck out 10, didn't walk anybody en route to a no decision. Meanwhile, the A's Miller, Mason Miller, that monster, seven no-hit innings, pulled after 100 pitches. Seattle then scored two. Goodbye no-hitter. Goodbye win for the A's. With nothing good going on with the A's these days. Should Mark Kotze have thrown the kid back out there in the eighth? No, he shouldn't have. Look, I, I get it, man. Like, I know there isn't a lot going on, and that would have been special. But he, it's he's a young kid early on in his career, and they're really looking to keep him healthy. You know, I don't know. If it was 100 pitches in the eighth, then maybe you throw him back out there for the ninth. But going for two more innings out of that, I think that's where they kind of draw the line there. But where are the – 
I'm happy for uh, the A's Miller. He's looked nasty. He's his stuff is just absolutely filthy. This guy was like a D three baseball player, right? Like he he this wasn't like so for people out there that say oh D one only bullshit man like continue to get better and develop. If you watch this guy pitch, you wonder how he was ever not the highest regarded prospect. Like he has absolutely filthy stuff. But then where do the Mariners get off just having another starting pitcher like this? This is why Mariners fans always yell at me and say, hey, man, check us out. We have eight eight starting pitchers deep. And you're like, okay, well, some of these guys haven't proved it yet. This Bryce comes up and does this? Yeah. That's a, that's a scary thing, man. So shout out to both those guys. But to answer your question, though, I think I think getting six extra outs there is is a little, a little much when you get to that 100-pitch mark for a young guy. So Mason Miller was asked about it afterward if he was disappointed. And he said, listen, this is on me. I walked four guys. If I don't do that, I'm probably still in the game. And I was just thankful I was out there for the seventh because it's something I hadn't done. His first two big league starts, he threw 81 pitches and 86 pitches. Now he's throwing 100 pitches. He's getting there. With all that being said, I would have put him back out there. Because here's the deal. What if Seattle starts getting a little jumpy and they re- he retires the side on nine pitches? Then you're only at 109. Like, I, I still think... For whatever reason, we've been conditioned as baseball fans and people within the game have been conditioned that bells and whistles go off when a guy throws 100 pitches. This dude is six foot five, 200 plus pounds. What is he going to disintegrate into ash on the mound when he throws 104 pitches? No, it's not. Now, I get it. If he gets a base runner, if he has a walk, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. But if somehow the Mariners get themselves out in less than 10 pitches, then we're at 109 pitches going into the ninth. Give those people something. Shit, they've had their team ripped away from them. uh, The difference between 109 pitches and 100 is not that big a deal. Nobody can convince me. And nobody can scientifically prove that pitch 109 is worse than pitch 100. You cannot do it. You're right about that. But, I mean, Chris... Oakland clearly is not playing for this year. So their decisions aren't based play on for something. Any, uh, they're not. They're not, Chris. They're not playing for anything, dude. They're not. They're biding their time until they're in Vegas. Then who knows? I mean, are they going to change what they do when they get to Vegas? I don't want to get into this. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. Never mind. I'll shut up. My Raleigh Fingers bobblehead was disappointed. Look at that. How awesome is that? I'm trying to see his last pitch how hard it was. I think it was pretty hard. Let's see. That was a slider at 85. God, yeah, he looked good. He looked like he still had a lot in the tank, but that's just how they do things nowadays, man. Uh, So tip of the cap to Bryce Miller, whom you mentioned earlier. He became just the third pitcher ever to have double-digit strikeouts and no walks in his major league debut, joining Steven Strasburg and Johnny Cueto. Pretty cool start. Baltimore Orioles. They improved to 10 and oh, this season in the opener of series, they take the opener at Kaufman. They're 20 and nine overall. In your opinion, is this team one stud pitcher away from being a World Series contender? Golly, you're putting me on the spot here. Um, I think they need that. I don't think that's it. I mean, if I guess if I had my choice, if I'm if I'm sitting there and I'm in the front office of Baltimore, I'm like, hey man. Great start to the season. We're doing it. Uh, what can we do to to fortify this team, make sure we're in the hunt? I think, obviously, one starting pitcher would be nice. Two starting pitchers would be better. 
And then I know offensively they've really done it. They're fifth in runs scored, um, eighth in OPS. They're on base percentage as top five. I think I would like to add another bat there. I think some of these guys, there's going to be a little bit of regression coming, and I hate saying that word. I just think there's going to be some tapering down with that offense. I don't necessarily know if they're going to be that like top five offense. So I would look to add a bat. You know, it could be, and you could, you could find a place to play the bat, but I think starting pitching is where they need to go. And I think they might have to add two and then maybe a bat. And then we're really cooking here. See Rosie. And you know, it doesn't have to be a trade. It could be if they bring somebody up who they think can help them from um, the, their minor league system. I just don't think they are as currently constructed uh, necessarily a world series contender just yet. The other pieces there. Sure. I think we just need to add just a little bit more. Okay. I know what Orioles fans are screaming right now in the chat and I get it. Like Rose, what are you talking about? Our ownership sucks. They don't ever add anything big. They will subtract before they add. You guys are close. You're really close. close. And and Plouffe last week on the show, I think, or two weeks ago, said they're better than the Yankees. So Oh, they I are right. That, oh, my gosh, especially right now. Okay, so if that's it, why don't we go for it? I was yelling in the offseason they should have gone for Carlos Rodon. Now, of course, he's had this back issue and can't get on the field, so shame on me, and that you would have been living with that. But at least it would have been a, a smart play, in our opinion. Or at least in my opinion, I don't want to put that in Plouffe's mouth. Yes, the answer is yes. Go get guys because you have an awesome farm system. We talk about this several times a year. Your farm system isn't just there so that they grow up and we put fertilizer on them and then they start growing beautifully at Camden Yards. Sometimes we trade them away. Go look at what the Braves have done. Go look. If you had told me four years ago that they would have gotten rid of Langoliers and Pache, you would have been like, what? What are they doing? A top center field prospect and a top catching prospect? What do we do it? Whoa. What'd they turn that into? Sean Murphy and Matt Olson. How'd that work out for him? Pretty good. So just because you're hoarding your prospects doesn't mean you have to hang on for dear life. Go be ballsy. Go make a move. Go say, you know what? We're a team that can compete with the big boys. We believe in them. And they don't have enough swing and miss stuff, particularly in the starting rotation. They do at the back end of the bullpen where Batista and Cadeau have been phenomenal and a few other guys. Baker's been really good. Some other dudes. They need swing and miss stuff in the rotation, particularly come playoff time, or you're going to get your, your balls kicked in. 25th in ERA, 20th in whip, and per your K per nine, they are 15th. So smack dab in the middle there. Obviously, I think that's, you know, the pitching needs a shakeup. Is it you know, DL Hall coming up, you know, they already brought up Joey Ortiz, which is one of their prospects. Uh, that's a hitter. Um, he's back down. He just had a real brief stint. Um, so like it could come within the farm system. These guys could come up and just bang it and and, and do it for them. Uh, but I, I, yeah, they just need to level up just a little more. We're talking uh-huh. world series contention right here. We're not just talking about contending for a playoff spot. You're t- you asked me world series stuff and that's what they need to do. All right, uh, listen, when we're in the middle of the baseball season now, and we're inching closer to the middle than we are the start, right? It starts way back there. We're closing. So my point is this. You want to watch a lot of baseball, but you got to make dinner, you know, mm. every night. Mm. And so Michelle and I, several times a week, we look at each other. We're like, what do we want to do? How do we want to do this? Well, I want to keep my eye on the baseball games. I don't want to spend a ton of time prepping dinner. 
That's where HelloFresh can help yeah. you out because it takes the hassle out of mealtime this spring by delivering free portion ingredients, easy to prepare recipes right to your front door. So this means you skip the checkout lines. HelloFresh has dinner covered. In fact, it keeps your taste buds on their toes. 40 recipes, over 100 seasonal and convenience items to choose from each and every week. And this May, HelloFresh is celebrating Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, okay? Try limited-time authentic recipes created in partnership with Chef Serbi Sani and enjoy a cultural taste tour right in your own kitchen. No worries if you're not a pro. It doesn't matter. I like to dabble in the kitchen. My older brother, Pete, is a true chef in the kitchen. Mm. He's the dude that can make stuff from scratch. That is not in my DNA, so I need help from places like HelloFresh. It's easy to prepare. The food tastes great. There's very minimal cleanup. All sorts of good stuff when I'm watching all my baseball each and every night. I love having a full belly and not a full sink, if you know what I mean. So it's that simple. HelloFresh.com slash today 16. Yeah. Use today 16 for 16 free meals plus shipping. That is HelloFresh.com slash today 16. Start using America's number one meal kit today. You can invite me over for dinner and we'll celebrate. Let's do it. I'll, I'll HelloFresh you and Michelle. Let's do it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Before we get out of here, a tip of the cap to Blake Snell. The best. Okay. The best. They inter- The Padres, uh, Orsillo and Mud were interviewing him during the game last night against the Reds. So they throw the headset on. Here's what happens during Juan Soto's at bat. Uh, by playing catch, bullpen, and see where we got the next start. Let's go. Damn here we go. Ball. Here we go. Start moving. Uh-oh. Look at Manny. Look at him go. Look at him go. Manny now scores. Talking. Throw to third. Safe. Safe. Come on. <laughs> Look at him. Oh, man. Oh. Okay. For those of you that are audio only, please get to our YouTube channel today and just watch that portion if you want. Okay, scrub ahead. We put the time codes in and everything. Dan will put them in there. Because when when Cano slides into third, Snell do the same, same. That's the thing of beauty. He's a soundbite machine. I love him. And famously, he's a big fan of, well, it used to be, did we call this baseball today? Or was it, what did we call it back in the day when we were on IG? Ooh, I don't know. Chris oh, Rose IG Rose live show or something like that. Yeah, something like Famously, that. Famously, yeah, Snell was, you know, a big fan of ours. He'd come in, he'd be he in live all the time. Uh, yeah. No, but dude, get this guy in front of the mic more often because he's already given us the slapdick prospect. He gives us stuff like this. He is like a Twitch streamer. I think he does uh, stuff. Yeah, so go check him is. out if you think he's funny. Um, he's one of my favorite teammates I've ever played for. So I, I love when he's on the mic. He's great. He is hilarious, dude. And if he can keep the walks down, he's going to be that much better as a pitcher. But he is funny. As Why do you shit. got to bring that he up really, right now? Come on. Oh, come on. I'm just saying. Well, because there are some people who are like, oh, I can't watch him pitch. He walks too many guys. That booth with Snell Electric. is That is great. They're one of the great broadcast teams out there. They make it so much fun. And their team is starting to play better, although the Reds got him last night in extras. So there you go. All right, um, we are back at this, I believe, on Thursday because it is baseball today, Monday through Friday. So let me check my – yes, we are going to continue to work tomorrow. We look forward to it. We always love doing that. 
for our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Ruhr, for the uber-talented and um, dude who loves to go say hi to baseball players over at Dodger Stadium, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Thursday on Baseball Today.